Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Silence is uncomfortable. It makes us feel anxious, awkward even. We want something to fill the space, something to cover up the coughs and the squeaking chairs and the heavy breathers we're sitting next to. Even a little laugh helps. And we want the same thing in everyday life, too. When nothing is happening, we feel like something is wrong. Like we should be doing something. So we do a lot. We pack our schedules and fill every second of every day to the maximum capacity. We live preoccupied lives, well-trained in the art of distraction. What if today is different? What if today we laid down our work, put aside distractions, we put down our phone? What if instead of trying to capture this moment, we just choose to be in it? God is here. He's always been here. What if we decide to be here too? Sometimes you'll meet somebody and you'll go, they're, they're part of my family. Like, they fit in. Like, like, why? Like, I should be in that family. And the minute Tim spoke here, we said, you know what? He is Freedom Valley. So would you go ahead and thank him for coming ahead of time? Would you give Tim a round of applause before he comes? And we'll get ready to hear from him in just a second. It's so good to see so many of you. Uh, it's so good to be back here at Freedom Valley. Love Gettysburg, PA, Adams County. Love you guys so much. Uh, I do want to uh, say how much I love and appreciate Pastor Jason. Let me messing with him a little bit this morning. If if you were late to the late to the service this morning, that's okay. So was I. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, Pastor Jay called me, I don't know, it was uh, 20 minutes or so before the service started, and my wife and I are out in the parking lot, and uh, he's like, hey man, are, are, you, are you coming here today? Like, what's going on? I, I, I think you're scheduled to preach. I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Dude, I'm, I'm near Erie. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm in Erie, PA, man. I, I'm not going to be able to get there in time. He's like, uh, uh, okay, I got to go. I'm going to have to figure something out. Not cool at all, right? Not cool at all. Man, love you. That's how you know we're family, right? <laughs> Man, it is so good to be back. I want to say thank you to Pastor Candace and Aaron for the invite to be back with you guys. We love, we love coming to Freedom Valley. It was on our calendar. Like we cannot wait until this weekend to get here to be with you folks. And if if it sounds like I I sound horrible, it's not because I'm sick. It's okay. I do not have COVID and all that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, I use my voice a lot, and I've used my voice a lot this week. So uh, I, 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 as as I talk a little bit more, it'll get clearer and clearer. Hopefully, you'll be able to understand. But as Pastor Jason mentioned, I do tend to talk quickly, uh, so you're going to need to listen quickly, okay? I'm going to cover a lot of different scripture today. A lot of times, 
The type of message that I preach uh, ends up being what we call an expository message where I dig into one scripture and we stay there all day. We pull it apart and just allow that to sink deep down inside of us. And the word that I feel the Lord wanted me to share with you today, we're going we're gonna to look at three different passages and actually reference some other things as well. So if you have your Bible, that's awesome. I'm old school. I like to have the paper in my hand. Uh, but if you want to click there, turn there in your phone, however that works out for you, whether you use the YouVersion Bible app or you use Bible.com or Bible Gateway or whatever. I don't know. There's so many different sites you can go to. That's awesome. I want to invite you to start. We're going to get our launching point at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, as, as we know, there's so much craziness and so much just unrest and unsettle. And, and I, the last couple of weeks, as Pastor Candace has brought us an amazing word, as we're launching uh, forward through this series called Silence, oftentimes, you know, our culture is telling us that silence is complicity, that, that silence, oftentimes people say silence is violence, right? That, that by not saying something means that you're just going along with the program. And while I understand where they're coming from, let's, let's find out what God's word has to say. And I've been so thankful as Pastor Candace has led us through scripture over the last few weeks. And uh, some things are really just uh, were strong in my heart that she had said, talking about that childlike faith and moving forward and trusting the Lord, regardless of what we see with our eyes. And so today I, I understand there's so much going on in our world, right? So much. I mean, this week alone, so much. Come on, right? I, I, I mean, for real? Like, can you all just, can I, I, my wife and I have decided we're just putting up our Christmas tree. We're getting to the end of the year and have the dumpster fire of 2020 be over with right now. Like, that's just what I feel in my heart. Let's just put the tree up and get this thing over with. But, uh, I, you know, but I, I, I believe that God wants to take us and allow these things that the world is trying to define us with and put parameters around us. Listen to me today. I believe what we are going through, the tension and the pain and the uncertainty does not define the people of God, but I believe the Lord is going to use this to refine us, to make us better, to make us stronger, to push us forward in perseverance and character and hope. And it's not hope in what I can do in and of myself to be able to look back and say, look what we did. It's going to be able to look back and say, look what the Lord has done in my life and in and through the body of Jesus Christ. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, regardless of what the naysayers may have. Listen to me today. If you are a part of the kingdom of God, better days are still to come. I can tell you that my Bible says that it gets sweeter every day with the Lord. So I'm excited for where God is taking us as the body of Jesus Christ. And maybe if you're in that moment of your life, you're saying, Tim, you know, uh, I, I feel like it's just all going to fall apart, that the, everything that's good is behind, that we're never going to experience the favor and the kindness and the blessing of God. Uh, I, I want to gently remind you that maybe you're listening more to the world than you are to Jesus. And in today, as we move forward in this, I want to talk to us about some of these controversies, these tensions, these struggles that are going on right now, right here, right here in Gettysburg, in Adams County, in Pennsylvania, and obviously the U.S. and around the world, the, the cult, what the culture is trying to push against the church. And I, I want us to kind of put this together. And listen, when I say church, I know sometimes we can hear these broad terms and wonder who I'm talking about. The church is more than just Freedom Valley. 
The church is more than just, you know, the, the fellowship uh, that we're a part of known as the Assemblies of God, more than just Pentecostals or Methodists or Lutherans or Presbyterians or Vegetarians or gluten-freeze. Come on, somebody. Uh, listen, I'm talking about the, all those who call upon the name of Jesus. Not upon the name of a preacher, not upon the name of tradition and religion, not upon the, the, the constitution, not upon a president or a candidate, but it's solely upon the person of Jesus Christ. The church are all those who call Jesus as Lord. And so this morning, what does that mean as we work through this controversy, this tension together? Uh, let, let's look at this portion of scripture, if you would. If you've got 2 Timothy chapter 4, and even if you don't, just go ahead. Would you stand this morning for the reading of God's word? If you're looking at home, love you so much. Thanks for joining us today. If you're sitting on your couch, stand up for a moment. Just engage with us like you're here. If you're in your, if you're in your car, don't stand up because you can't. Right? But yeah, well, I, I, let's all engage together. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1. This is a powerful scripture. This is the Apostle Paul writing to who he considers his spiritual son, Timothy. And Timothy here is pastoring this tremendous church, but they're going through some struggles and through some issues. And so Paul is writing his spiritual son, Timothy, someone that he loves and giving encouragement. And he says, Timothy, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Come on, this is good stuff. Patiently, listen, if you're here today, if you're online, this is why it's important. I know sometimes we, we if you're not used to a setting like this, it, it feels a little awkward to out loud say, amen, or I, I say, come on, somebody. I don't know. I say that a lot. I don't know why. It's just what I say. But, you know, some of you, because I was at a church one time when somebody said, giddy up. I'm not making that up. I'm like, all right. But when you, when you acknowledge out loud, whether it's an amen or yes or, you know, whatever, that makes other people aware going, oh, he's saying something I need to pay attention to. Right? If you're online, you could comment and share. It gets everybody involved. It gets, it makes sure our attention is in the right place. Not that it's on me, but it's on the word of God that he wants to speak to us today. All right. There you go. All right. Now we're into it. Okay. All right. Now I can preach. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I'm thankful you have a pastoral team and people that care that come and preach the word of God here at Freedom Valley. Verse 3 says, for a time is coming. And if the Lord would let me do it, I, could, I would like to say, for the time is already here. When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching... They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. And listen to this. Fully carry out the ministry God has given you. That's good stuff. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? 
Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, God, ever since this morning and I woke up, God, I've sensed your presence. I've sensed your anointing. I've sensed your favor upon this day, upon our time together. So God, I ask over these next few moments that our ears would be open, our hearts would be receptive. God, that we would be ready to move forward and allow the seed of the gospel to produce much fruit in our lives today. God, I need you today. God, have your way. And every person, every home, every family that's represented here, God, we trust you. We surrender to you. Lord, receive the glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look at somebody and say, listen up while you're seated. I want to go through some of these controversies with us together today. And obviously, Paul here is writing to, again, who he considered his spiritual son, somebody that he loved, that was, he was bringing up in the faith. And Timothy, uh, you know, who's someone that I kind of can relate to because, well, he's got a good name. Come on, somebody. And Timothy here is pastoring this church and going through some issues and some situations. And Paul writes him, he says, listen, I solemnly urge you, listen, if there's anything more sacred, if there's anything you could listen to, Paul says, I want you to understand something. If you do anything else, I want you to be aware that there is a day that is coming when every man, woman, and child that has ever lived upon planet earth will be judged. A lot of us don't like to think through that because that means there's actually consequences to my actions and my decisions now. Because a lot of times the way we want to live is just the way we want to live. Do whatever makes us feel good. Don't worry about what, what anybody else thinks or what, whatever is going on in the world or what the results may end up being. Just do what makes you happy now. And Paul is telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, I want to tell you something, but I want you to understand the perspective and the, and, and the, and the breadth of, of, of what I want you to get into my, into your your head that this is bigger than the here and now. This is bigger than what we can see with our own physical eyes, but there is actually a spiritual struggle that is taking place over the soul and spirit of every man, woman, and child that has ever existed that one day that we all will have to stand in front of the Lord. Everybody will stand in front of the Lord one day. Whether it's, what, listen, you, you, your mom and your dad are going to be able to be there with you, your counselor, your spouse, uh, your best friend, your pastor. Uh, listen, no one else is going to be there except for you and Jesus. And God the Father, as you stand there in front of that judgment seat, we are all going to have to answer for what we are doing on earth right now. That is like, that's some weight. That is some serious something going, like it's just, can you feel the importance of this moment? And I know many of us, as we're going through it, honestly, I, I cannot, oh my Lord, I cannot even take all the political, blech. like I just like vomit, you know, like I, I just, I can't wait. Like, you know, I, I listen to Pandora a lot, different channels and things, and there's always commercials. I change the channel. She, my wife would go, don't you like that song? I'm like, no, I hate that commercial. Right? I can't even listen to it. I don't care who it is. I, I just can't take it anymore. I just want it over with. It's exhausting. But what we have to understand that it's beyond what we can put in our physical mind, more than what I can understand in between these two ear holes, but that there is a spiritual eternal struggle that is happening over your soul right now. And Paul tells Timothy, if you're going to do anything, do this one thing, preach the word. 
Not preach your opinion, not preach what you think should happen, not preach what makes you feel good, but openly declare the eternal truth of God's holy word. There's been too many of us that have been propagating opinion more than standing upon the eternal truth of God's word. Can I tell you something? Opinions are like armpits. Everybody has a few and they all stink. You want to know why there's so much division and so much negativity and heartache and pain in this world? Because people know more what we are against than more upon who we stand upon. People, listen, all we talk about is what we think should happen, how we think it should go. I believe it would better serve the people of God if we would openly declare the word of Jesus Christ above what a union tells us to say or a political party tells us to say or some nationalized, ungodly, godless, devil religion that people allow to creep inside of us to make us think that we can somehow figure this out on our own. My Bible says to trust God with all my heart and not lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to have this figured out, but in all my ways, I have to acknowledge that he is God and I am not. And that is when he makes my path straight. See, this great controversy that is happening over our world right now is the, is the struggle between convenience and conviction. What works for us and what really stands the test of time. Convenience is based upon situational ethics. Only what is good for me in the moment. Only what works for me in the moment. That's why politicians like to change everything all the time because it just depends on how many votes they can get by what they say. Yeah, I'm going to go there all day today, so you might as well just get used to it, all right? Yeah, I got to giddy up. All right, here we go. Get them on, get them out. Rawhide. All right. Convenience is based upon situational ethics. Paul said there would be a time when people would not listen to wholesome and sound teaching, but they would only go to places and people that, 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 that give them what their itching ears want to hear. You know what that means? When your ear itches, you got to scratch it. Have you ever noticed that? When a flea bag dog is, has an itch? Because you want to gratify what is going on right now. You want to satisfy what is happening right now. And you don't care what is going on anywhere else. That's what itching means. Itching means that you want to satisfy what's here right now. Listen, many folks, listen, many people do not care for the truth and the foundation of information. They are looking for affirmation. Say, so, Tim, where are you going with this? Many of us, listen, let me explain it to you this way. I've opened up Pandora's box, so I'm just going to do it. You ready? Here it goes. You want to know why conservatives and Republicans all go to Fox News and Breitbart and places like that? And you want to know why Democrats and liberals go to CNN and MSNBC and, and, and Huffington Post and all those different places? You want to know why? Because they really aren't going for the information of truth. They're going for affirmation of their feelings. You don't really want your opinions to be challenged. You don't really want to know the truth. You just want to know that you're right. I, 
I don't know if, if you're unaware of this or, or what the deal is or, you know, like you're living in some hole somewhere and don't understand. But news, news foundations are not there to give you truth. They're there to entertain you, to make you come back, to keep watching over and over and over again because the only way they get paid is by how you watch and listen. And the more you listen, the more you watch, the more you, they're going to get paid so that their, their sponsors can come and pay them more money so that you can see their commercials and listen to what they want to tell you how to believe. And so the more you listen to them, the less you're listening to the truth of God. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't know the events and the things that are happening in this world, but I think those of us as Christians should rise above public opinion, whether it's Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or whatever else you want to think you want to be. Listen to me today. But first, I am a, I am a, I am a soldier. I am a son and daughter of Jesus Christ. We've got to stop going for the affirmation of feelings and let's stand upon the information of the fact of God's truth. The grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but the word of God stands forever and forever and forever. We've got to stop allowing the world to tell us how things should be fixed, how people should act, what you should do. Should you wear a mask? Not wear a mask. Should you get the vaccine? Not get the vaccine. Should kids go to school? Not go to school. I don't know. But what I do know is that Jesus is a well above and beyond all that is happening. And when I put him first in my life, everything else begins to fall into place. I'm not here to give you a propaganda and opinion on what I think should happen. I'm here to tell you what is going to happen. One day, the living and the dead will be judged. And if we are not ready for that day, if we are too involved in the controversy of convenience, what works best for us, whatever feels best for us in the moment, you are going to miss that moment that comes. The Bible says that it will happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That those, those who have died that were followers of Jesus Christ, they will be resurrected. And then those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the clouds. And so we will be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. I don't know exactly when, but I know that Jesus is coming soon. We've got to get above and beyond. You say, Tim, what am I saying to you today? Listen, those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we have to understand something. Obedience is the key to spirituality. That is not popular. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Hello. I, I, listen, I know there's all kinds of reports and all kinds of different things about a mask and not a mask. And I know people in here on both sides of the aisle, both sides of the opinion. People believe you should or should. I, I don't know. But you know what? There's, you know what really bothers me? The only reason some of you don't wear a mask is because you've been told to wear a mask. I don't know. I, listen, I, again, I don't know if you should or you shouldn't. I, I know what I do. But if that's all we do is not do something because we were told to, that is a rebellious, sinful spirit that goes against the spirit of God. <laughs> it's like, wow, he's for real today. I know I'm usually happy and, you know, giddy and going to river dance and whatever. 
We have to obey, not obey opinion, not obey what we think, should, but obey the word of God. What is, what is astounding is that the word of God has never changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. He's the one who was. That's, he's, he's in our past. That's why he can forgive you. He's the one who is. He is closer than a brother. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he is the one who is to come. He has gone to prepare a place for you. And if he has gone to prepare a place for you, surely he will come back and receive you unto himself that where he is, there you may be also. He knows the plans he has for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans of hope and of a future. And when we begin to follow the truth of God's word and not follow uh, the, the, the affirmation of our feelings, but we follow the information of fact that's found in the truth of God's word. Listen, we obey. Trust. There's an old song that says, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but simply to trust and obey. It's not always going to make sense. I'm not going to always have it figured out, but I got to know that he is God and I am not. He wrote the book. I read it. Amen. So let's sink deep into God's word. Listen, obedience is the key to spirituality, but I want you to get this. I flip over to me now with me now to Micah chapter six. That's in the old Testament. Micah chapter six. If you're looking at Haggai or Zechariah or Malachi, you're getting close. Micah, Micah chapter six, just one verse. See, many of us, we've been so consumed with the things of this world. If you, if we were to read earlier where we were in second Timothy, if you were to go to second Timothy chapter three, there's a one verse in second Timothy chapter three that I find is one of the most sobering scriptures in all the Bible. Second Timothy chapter three, verse five says that folks have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. See, when we try and go solely upon our own opinion and upon our own, our own, what makes us feel good, we have a form of godliness. We look like we know what we're doing. We, we look like we're doing what we think is right. But we're denying the power of God. We're only doing what we can do. Many of us are living a life doing what only we can do. That is not a life of faith. I'm not saying to stop doing what you can do, but I'm saying to allow God to stretch you so that he can do what only he can do. We got to allow the Lord's word to sink deep down inside of us that we study God's word to show ourselves approved, a workman that can rightly divide the word of truth. That on a day in and a day out basis, I can sink my teeth into God's word, that I can study God's word, that I just don't read some nice little scripture or allow some widget to pop up on my phone and give me the verse of the day and think I'm some super spiritual person. God has more. God has more for us than what we have allowed God to speak into us. And when we begin to understand that we can actually put this into practice, that it goes beyond convenience, what is just good for us in the moment, but we stand upon conviction, the truth of God's word, we can understand we actually can change the world. You can change the world. 
I believe today beyond a shadow of a doubt in my mind that what is on the inside of me is much greater than what's on the outside of me. And here, Israel in Micah chapter 6, they're going through some issues. They're going through some things in their life, but they have come through a very profitable season. They had, Economically, they had been strong. They, they, are, they are going through a lot of affluence in their life right now. They, they had a lot of good things going on, but they had fallen away from the Lord. They had fall, if you guys could turn a little bit of that fog off, that would be helpful. I feel like I'm in the smokers club for a moment. I want you to get what's deep down inside this moment. We can change the world. If obedience is key to spirituality, how do we, how do we unlock the power of that? How do we unlock the authority of that spirituality to actually live in victory? Many of us are just kind of like limping through life, hoping this, hoping this year gets over with. Can't wait till November 4th or, you know, Thanksgiving, probably by the time they have figured out what's actually happened with all the election stuff. And I mean, they, they, we, we just like, Ooh. now there's some practical steps we can take right now. And the prophet Micah allows the Spirit of God to speak through him. And, and the Israelites said, listen, can, the, the, the verses leading up to Micah chapter 6, verse 8, that says, they're saying, well, can we do anything to earn God's favor back? Can, can, we, can we buy something? Can we give gold? Can we give silver? They actually even offer their firstborn children. That's how desperate they were. I mean, the, 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 the perversion that the world allows to creep in when we think we need all the things the world is offering to us. And Micah chapter 6, verse 8, Micah says, listen, this was way simpler than what you think it is. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says this. Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. This is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Three things God requires us to do what is right, justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. It's not complicated, but we try and overcomplicate everything, don't we? We try and tell people that uh, we, we try and push people into boxes and push them all over the place. I want you to get this deep down inside of us. Uh, today, the, the second controversy that we have in our culture right now is rights versus responsibilities. Rights versus responsibilities. Many of us feel, and maybe it's not the way you feel, but what you've been saying and what you've been doing, this is what the world is picking up on for me right now. That you take your right as the citizen of the United States of America more than your responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ. This is not popular. This is not a typical evangelist message, I know. This is hard, but I love you enough. We're family. It's time for us to have this discussion. And I'm thankful you have a pastoral team and a leadership team that are on this track that we are first followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, I love this nation. You can listen. I, I want you to get me very clear before I go any further. Don't say, oh, well, he, he hates the United States and he hates, no, listen to me. When I go overseas and I come and I fly back into whether I'm flying into Houston or Atlanta or, or, or LaGuardia or all the different places. Listen, when I touch down, I'm, I'm not kidding. I've done this every time because there's just an overwhelming sense when I get back on the soil of the United States of America. 
I literally get down on my hands and knees and I kiss the ground. I'm not kidding. It is, it is like there's something, there's some safety and some favor that we have here that there's not anywhere else in the world. I'm telling you that. If you've never been to another nation, you just don't understand this. There's, there's something, and we have had some amazing men and women that have not only just laid down their lives, and served, but they have given everything. Families have lost everything so that we can sit in comfort here this morning and cushion chairs and air conditioning and, and broadcast over the waves without worrying whether or not some government official is going to come in and strip us down and mock us and, and beat us and ridicule us and throw us in jail. We are favored. We have it very, very good in the United States. I love this nation. I do believe this is, I don't know if it's the greatest nation because I haven't lived everywhere. But I know it's one of the best ever. History is clear. I love this land. I love our nation. But here's the deal. All in one day, this world is going up in a blaze of glory. This isn't Bon Jovi's idea. This world is going up in a blaze. The only thing that will remain is the kingdom of God. You better make sure that our allegiance lines with the parson and the power of Jesus Christ faster than it aligns with a president or a governor or some. Listen, I want us to understand this today, that we stand upon the truth of God's word. I'm going to hammer this home today. That our responsibilities as followers of Jesus Christ must come first, above, and beyond our rights as citizens of an amazing nation. Listen, I am not saved by the Constitution of the United States. I am saved by the person and the power of the living Word of God, and it is Jesus and Jesus alone. Micah says that we need to do what is right. Do what is right. It's proper justice and perspective of God. Again, I mentioned earlier that God is God and I am not. Justice is, is more than just some hashtag. Justice is more than just some slogan. Justice is more. And listen, and don't allow the world to come in and try and bring division and heartache and separation. There's a place where that is coming. It's known as hell. <laughs> listen, it, it's shocking to me. You're, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you some guttural reactions right now. Many of you are going to have some major reactions right now. You ready? Black lives matter. Some of you just want to spit on the ground right now. It's not because you hate black people, because you understand all that. Not, listen, some blue lives matter. Make America great again. Build back better. We all have these, and we've, we've allowed our lives to be categorized by slogans and hashtags. We are above that. If you draw your line in the sand by slogans and hashtags, you are, you are leaving behind in the dirt the word of God. We've got to understand justice is so much more than doing what we think is right. It's doing what is right in perspective of who God is. Here's justice. Here's what we all deserve. For the wages of sin is death. 
That's what my Bible tells me. Proper justice carried out upon humankind is we all deserve to die. Doesn't that make you feel good on a crisp fall morning? Right? I'm not some like Jason Bourne preacher up here ready to take you all out. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm telling us today is that we are all sinful people. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. That the ground around the cross is completely level. That we all are in desperate need of the mercy and the grace and the loving kindness of Jesus Christ. That is justice. It's proper perspective of who God is and who we are. We are all sinners in need in the saving grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Whether you are black, a white, Hispanic, Oriental, all the different things we want to try and categorize people in, we are all humans in need of the saving grace of the creator of all things. It's simple. This isn't overcomplicated. We all need, and when we begin to treat each other in the same way that God has treated us. See, it's not just to do what is right, but we have to balance this out with to love mercy. I am so thankful for the mercy of God. I need God so much. Oh, you couldn't look up and you say, oh, he's the preacher, you know, supposed to have it together. I got news for you. There's not a preacher on planet earth that is in a higher place than you are. If someone tells you they are, stop listening to them. Our allegiance cannot lie to a church or to a pastor or to a person, but we need to put our fix our eyes on Jesus and allow him to become the beginning and end of our faith because I understand for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame. And right now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father and he is interceding for me and he is interceding for you. He is advocating for you right now in the throne room of God. Your name is being mentioned and your name is going over the lips of Jesus Christ. This is the mercy of God because I don't... I don't deserve this. Being a citizen of the United States doesn't make me better, doesn't make me more deserving of the grace of God. Being an ordained minister, having whatever, none of that. At the end of the day, that stuff's great and it's wonderful, but at the end of the day, all that matters is whether or not I've accepted the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Here's the mercy of God. He can't help himself but help us. I know some of us have been struggling, going through heartache and separation. There's been so much hatred and division and ridicule. We've been pushed, some of us have been pushed out of family circles or maybe pushed out of church circles or pushed out of this. Feel like you're disqualified, that you're not good enough. I want you to hear me today. Where sin abounds, grace abounds there all the more. 
where you feel like you have pushed out to the side. My Bible says that Jesus is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He knows what it feels like to have the whole world one week to be loving him, shouting, Hosanna, save us, save us, we love you. The very next week, the same people shouting, crucify him, spitting on him, mocking him, making fun of him, ripping his beard out. He knows what it's like to have his very best friend turn his back on him. Now, even after he said, oh, Lord, I'll never, I'll never say anything bad about you. I'll never. He knew what it was like for Peter to deny him three different times. He knew what it was like to hang on a cross and look out and see the pain and the heartache and the agony in the eyes of his mother. He knows what it's like to have people need him so much and just to have the whole weight of the world upon him. Many of us feel like everything in our family depends on us. If you don't do it, your kids are going to fall apart. If you don't do it, your spouse is going to walk out. If you don't do it, your job was never going to work out. We feel like all the responsibility of the world weighs upon us. I'm thankful today that when Jesus declared it is finished, he meant it. I'm thankful today that my sin, my pain, my shortcomings had been nailed to the cross and was laid inside of a tomb. And I'm thankful that the Lord proved that that stuff is over with, that I am more than an overcomer, that even though the whole world might try, might try and come against me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the whole world. I know oftentimes I do not have what it takes, but when I am empty in and of myself, John said it this way, may I decrease that the Lord would increase in my life. When I know I have nothing left, it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by the Spirit of God who is living and breathing and moving on the inside of me because it is in Him that I live and I move and I have my being. It's not what I can do in and of myself, but it's everything to do with what God has already done for me. He loves you with an everlasting love. You are not forgotten. You have not been pushed off to the side. But today, the Lord is calling your name in front of the throne room of God the Father. And he is saying that if you would come to him, if you're tired, if you're weary, if you feel like you don't have what it takes, you can call upon the name that is above every name. And it's at the sound of that name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. See... If obedience is key to spirituality, humility is key to authority. Obedience is key to spirituality, but humility is key to spiritual authority. Micah says to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. It's proper perspective of who God is and who I'm not. <laughs> I know what I cannot do. Oftentimes, I think we know what we cannot do more than we can. I can do all things because Jesus will give me the strength to do it. I'm going to do it. Philippians chapter, I'm just doing it because Pastor Candace isn't here to tell me to stop. You watching online? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn. Here it is. All right. 
Philippians chapter 2. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to understand why humility is key to spiritual authority. Philippians chapter 2 says this, verse 3, don't be selfish. Try to, try to, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Wow. The world has no idea, do they? You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Watch this. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. Come on. And he gave him the name above all other names. That the name of Jesus, that's a good place for an amen. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to get this deep down. When we obey the truth of God's word and we walk in humility with who Jesus is in our life, we are walking with the person and the power of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing this world could ever do that could ever separate us from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Not death. Not life, not an angel, not a demon, not the past, not the present, not the future. No power in heaven or hell could ever separate you from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus. It's to do justice, to love mercy. Mercy. Mercy means the loving kindness of God. You know what that means? Be nice. What in the world is the matter with us? We're rude. Rude people we are. When we don't agree with somebody or somebody doesn't agree with us, we count them ineligible and they are not good enough to conversate with us. We don't want to be around them anymore and we basically leave them for dead. My Bible tells me that Jesus was a friend of sinners. He didn't, he didn't take equality with God as something to cling to, but he surrendered it and he gave his life even as a servant, even as a slave. He surrendered himself to death, but he didn't deserve it. He, did, he shouldn't have had to have gone there, but justice said, for the wages of sin is death. Sin was crying out for the bloodshed of mankind. But Jesus surrendered his life. He took the form of man so that his blood could be spilt. His perfect blood. His blood that never sinned. His blood that never turned his back on the Lord. In fact, when Jesus was hanging on the cross with the sin of mankind upon him, the Bible says that God the Father even turned away from the Son because it was so grotesque, the pain and the agony of the sin that was upon his Son. But I'm thankful today. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave everything. 
He gave his best. He gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, if every time you quote John 3, 16, you better put in 17 because it's just as good because God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but through him, the world might be saved. God has not called us to condemn Democrats or to condemn Republicans or to condemn government officials or to condemn a nation. God has called us to lift up the power and the person and the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, we have these major controversies, convenience versus conviction, rights versus responsibilities, and I need to end today because I've talked too much. Go to Job 22 real quickly. This is where I want to finish. This is the last controversy that we're in. Disaster versus discernment. Disaster versus discernment. I've heard way too many Christians saying that everything is going to get worse from here. I want to humbly say that is not of God. My Bible tells me that Jesus is coming back for a church that is without spot or wrinkle. That has been washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He's not coming back for a bruised and a battered church. He's not coming back for a bride that is bloody and bruised. He is coming back for a pure bride that is ready to receive the bridegroom, that is ready to have the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven together. It is ready. Listen to me, Jesus, the Bible says, so it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so it would be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You know what that means? When Noah was building the ark, listen, God told him to get in that ark and not one drop of water fell upon the bald head of Noah, not one a piece of fire fell upon Lot as he and his family were taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen to me. Judgment and pain will not fall upon the bride of Jesus Christ, but he will remove us even as God the Father closed the door to the ark, even as God the Father took Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. So God the Father will take the bride, bride of the church of Jesus Christ out of this world. We are not going to be living in defeat, but we live in victory. I believe that the latter is greater than the former, that we are on the winning side, that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me. Job was going through heartache and pain and separation, going through a lot of stuff in his life. And Job even had these three people that were counselors. Three people that were to come and help Job out as he had lost everything. Job had lost his family. His wife told him to curse God and die. I mean, she didn't even make it past chapter two. Some of y'all need to be thankful for your wife that stay longer than chapter two. Come on, somebody. My wife's a hero. Job had these three people that were supposed to be godly people that loved him, and they were probably good people. This guy named Eliphaz and these two other counselors basically told Job it was because of him. It was because of Job. It was because of things that Job did was the things was the reason that Job had lost everything. And that wasn't the, the matter of fact at all. In fact, if you were to go back in Job chapter one, it's very clear that God the Father allowed Job to go through this because he trusted Job more than he trusted anybody else on earth. That's hard for us as Christians to understand. That we think that we should never go through hardship and pain and heartache. When meanwhile, my Bible says that I should rejoice through, perse through persecution and hardship because we know it produces character and character produces hope. And it's not hope in who we are. It's hope in who Jesus is in our lives. That there is joy in suffering. This isn't easy. 
And one of Job's friends, he finally starts getting Job some good news. And in Job chapter 22, verse 28 and 29, he says, you will succeed in whatever you choose to do and light will shine on the road ahead of you. If people are in trouble and you say, help them, God will save them. Now that's really good, right? That's the New Living Translation. But I want to read to you. Uh, listen, there's different. If you're if you're new to, to to the Lord and new to the things of God, there's different translations. God's word is perfect. Translations are not. You hear me? God's word is perfect. Translations are not. Translation means it takes it out of what the closest original language, the oldest manuscripts they could find. Job here was written in Aramaic. Other parts of the Old Testament were written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. And so this actually, the best translation that actually really gets these two scriptures the best is good old King Jimmy. Come on, somebody. 1611 Shakespearean English. They actually got this one really good, and I love this. Job uh, chapter 22, 28 and 29, and the King James says this. Control, or, or, thou shalt decree a thing, and it will be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy ways. Watch this. When men are cast down, you will say there is a lifting up and he will save the humble person. This is good. You can decree a thing and it will be established unto you. This is the difference between disaster versus discernment. Many Christians in the world are saying that it's all going to be over. We're all going down. Even our nation's going to fall apart. Families are going to fall apart. Churches are going to fall. Everybody's going down. You're going to lose your money. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your food. You're going to lose everything. Everybody, everybody's dying. It's going to be over. Corona's killing everybody. As people who believe in the person and the moving of the Holy Spirit, I believe the greatest gift that is in need today in the body of Christ is discernment, meaning you can tell the difference of whether it is of God or not. And the only way you can do that is by allowing the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of God, to bring remembrance the Word of God that you've already studied. Listen, the Holy Spirit cannot bring to remembrance anything you haven't already put in there. You can't remember what's not there. Every day, study God's word. If it's just a verse, if it's just a scripture, it's just a little things here and there. I know your team here is really good about following up. You can go back and re-listen to messages. You can go in and study and see even sermon notes and different things. It's awesome. We've got to study God's word. We've got to allow God's word to get deep down inside of us because we need to understand the difference between good and evil, between of God and not of God. Many of us allow the world to tell us whether God is working or not. You can decree a thing. You can say it. This word decree means to actually speak into it, to divide it. You know what it is, though? You can't speak in your opinion. You have to speak the word of God because God's word carries more weight than mine does. When you begin to speak God's word, when you begin to speak the favor and the blessing of God into circumstances and situations, now listen, it is real easy to get hyper on this and, and go to an extreme to, to the blab it, grab it, name it, and claim it wing of things, right? 
There's balance to everything, but I know this today. God's word is powerful and strong. He is living and breathing and moving. And when I declare the word of God, I can speak things into existence, even though they are not. My Bible says I can say they are, that I can speak to a mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and that ball of dirt has to waddle out in the waves. It's not because I said so, but it's because who I represent and who has already done the work, who is already living and moving on the inside of me. It is nothing to do with who I am, but it is everything to do with who Jesus is in me. Again, listen to me. Humility is key to spiritual authority, but confession, declaration is key to unlocking faith. You have to have a confession of faith. My Bible says that you believe in your heart, but you confess with your mouth unto the salvation of God. And the only way that you get faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Decree the word of God. Speak the word of God. You know what I say when everybody tells me that it's going to get horrible, that things are going to go bad, that your family, you're going to, you better do all this. I'm not saying not be prepared. I'm not saying not be aware of what's going on. But what I am saying is this. I hear what everybody is saying. They say it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I know this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I have never seen the righteous begging for bread. I know who God is for. And he is for me. He is not against me. So who can stand against me today? Today. I know that I am more than an overcomer. I know that I am on the victory side. I know that this world cannot label who I am, but today I stand upon the truth of the rock of Jesus Christ. You can decree a thing and it will be established. This word established means it builds up, it rises. Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine. For the light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon you. You know what I know? You can't defeat the darkness by talking about how dark it is. It's time to turn on the lights in Jesus' name. We've got to stop talking about how bad a, a government official is or how bad politics are or how bad all this stuff is. We've got to stop magnifying how horrible the things of the world are. And it's time for the church to start talking about how good Jesus is, how good the love and the mercy and the justice of Jesus Christ really is. I know our justice system isn't perfect. I know our government isn't perfect. I know I'm not perfect, but I know the perfect loving kindness of God stretches out to a thousand generations. I'm thankful to today that God loves us more than what we could ever imagine. That you can decree a thing and it will be established. That although men may be cast down, today I say there is a lifting up in Jesus' name. I believe it's time for the redeemed of the Lord to say so. It's time for us to set the atmosphere. It's time for us to stop allowing the world to tell us when it's going to go well or not go well, when we're going to have a great day or not have a great day, whether our, our church is going to be on the rise or on the fall. Listen, I, I got news for you today. We can speak it. We can talk. We can move forward in the power. And though every time you speak the word of God, it, it continues to put the path and the stairs ahead of you. Every word of God you speak, it's another stepping stone that you climb higher and higher and higher. You guys can come higher and higher and higher in the glory and the favor of Jesus Christ. We've got to speak the word of God in our lives. We've got to understand this today, that when we begin to project the truth of God's word in our life, this is the difference between disaster and discernment, is your declaration of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God.
Speak God's truth. Don't speak opinion. Don't speak what people tell you to speak. Don't speak what a party tells you to speak. Listen, I don't know who's going to be in the White House uh, come next January, but I know who's still going to be sitting on the throne. I don't understand. Listen, I, I, I know the views I have. I know who I'm voting for and all the different things. I, I know all that. I, I'm, I'm, I have deep thoughts in that. And I, I know what God is. Listen, you know what shocks me? Is that we think somehow that we can talk to Jesus over here and then deal with the world over here. If we're going to speak God's word here, I don't know if you know this or not, God's word goes everywhere. You can't live God's word here and not live God's word here. But when we begin to speak the truth of God's word in love and mercy, see, you'll never reach anyone. You can't tell anybody they're loved by God unless you love them first. When you, we begin to tear down and ridicule each other, regardless on what side of the aisle or beliefs or opinions we have, it disqualifies us for projecting the truth of God's word into their life. Can I give you some real practical things here for just a second? You know one of the most spiritual things you can do right now in our modern culture? Is to scroll on by. You know what I'm saying? You get on whatever social media and you don't believe with ever, you can scroll on by. I have never once, ever have I ever argued anybody into the kingdom of God. Not once. I have argued with people and it's disqualified me from reaching them with the love of God. In fact, it's even put more roadblocks in front of them of hearing the truth of God's word because when they get around somebody else that has the same beliefs I have, all of a sudden they want to shut them off because it brings them back to what I told them they couldn't do. Obedience is key to spirituality. Humility is key to spiritual authority. And the declaration of faith is key to unlocking the truth and the love of Jesus Christ. See, in these moments, everybody says you can choose faith or fear, faith or fear, fear or faith. But here's the truth of it. Faith does not defeat fear. First John said it's the perfect love of God that drives out all fear. So I have to put my faith in Jesus Christ and understand that whatever he allows me to go through, he's going to go through it with me. And if he doesn't instantly take me out of it, he's got a plan and a purpose for me that when I get out on the other side, that he, I know that all things work together for the good to those who love God or are called according to his purpose. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know the circumstances and the things that surround you today. I don't know what your political beliefs are. I don't know what your opinion is on what you think a, a, you know, a virus is or isn't doing or how to handle it or not handle it. But what I do know this, that we all need the grace of Jesus Christ today. And then in a culture that is full of controversy, this one truth remains. Jesus is going to come and he will judge the living and the dead. There's no middle ground. I do think one of the greatest things that as we've went through this pandemic together, there has been a separation. If you don't know what this means, just stick with me for a minute. There's been a separation of the sheep and the goats. There's been a separation of those 
that are true followers of the Lord and those that had a form of godliness but have been denying the power of God. One of my greatest fears, and I think I shared this with you back in April, May, whenever it was, I, I, we were still virtual here. And one of my greatest fears is that we've made church too convenient. And we've lost our commitment to the person of Jesus Christ. And only, we only follow him whenever it works out the best for us. Can I tell you? Sometimes even when you can't see that it's working out the best for you in the moment, you have to trust that God has so much more on the other. See, that's why it's so more important to understand that we are rising up and we are not falling. That men may be cast down, but today I declare there is a lifting up in the name of Jesus Christ. So you say, oh, you don't know my finances. Listen to me. Trust God. Surrender to God. Oh yeah, I've lost my job. God has a better one for you. You're still here. I don't know my, this diagnosis. I don't know this and that. I, I, I believe God for this for years and it hasn't happened yet. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not gonna. You know, when I go into the doctor's office, you go in and you sign your name and you sit there, right? You're in the first waiting room. Doesn't mean you're not gonna see the doctor. It just means you're waiting, right? And then the nurse comes to get you. And then they take, they, I call it the walk of shame because they take you to the scale, right? Sir, you weigh 832 pounds today. Can I take my shoes off or something? Right? And then they, they take you into the room. The nurse asks you the same questions the first nurse asked you. And then you sit on that table with that tissue paper that you hope somebody else didn't sit on, wondered why it was still wrinkled. And then you wait. Why am I waiting? never going to, no, it doesn't mean you're, you're actually closer to seeing the doctor, you're just waiting some more. Just because you're still waiting doesn't mean you're not going to see that. It actually means you're closer now than what you ever were before. Some people say it'll never happen. Some people say you're on your way down. Today, I declare that you need to rise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon you. You might be shocked that you can, we can change Adams County. We can change Pennsylvania. We can change this nation. We can change the world. When we walk in obedience and humility and we speak the truth of God's word, there is nothing this world can keep us from. There is nothing that, would, that, that is impossible to those who believe. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? everything that's happening in and around your life this morning, but what I do know is this, that it's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're watching this morning. It's not an accident to, uh, that God is allowing you to hear the truth and the power of God's word in your life. There are real consequences to decisions we make right now. Whether you're you feel like you're old or whether you feel like you're young or whether you feel like you're the super spiritual person or you feel like you're totally unqualified to be here. You know what? That's actually where I am. Oftentimes I feel like, God, I am not worthy of this at all. But today you recognize that you need the Lord. This isn't a moment to be ashamed of. This isn't a moment to, to where we hang our heads and act like we're not good enough. No, no, no. My Bible says that Jesus who knew no sin became my sin so that we might be called the righteousness of God, which means I'm not good enough, but Jesus took me upon his shoulders and made me good enough in him.
That's what righteousness means, being made right in the sight of God. I'm good enough because of Jesus. You are too. It starts with a simple confession of faith that we believe. We believe, but we out loud declare it. We live it out in our daily life. It starts with an outward confession, an inward belief and an outward confession. That's why it is so powerful. If you have never been water baptized, man, listen to me. You need to talk to your pastor. Do they go online? How do they do that, PJ? FV Church, uh, FV, yeah, he's going to tell you. You go to the you go to Freedom Valley website and go to the baptism site. Listen, you, you need to do this. This isn't another step in faith. This is just how we live in life. It's an outward reflection of what's already happened on the inside of us. And today, we've been looking inside and we found fear. We found uncertainty. We found shortcoming and heartache and pain and memories of what somebody has said and done to us in the past. And we realize how dark it is. But today, if we were to begin to believe, know that God is for us and not against us, that when we declare that he is the Lord over our lives, all of a sudden he comes and takes residence on the inside of us. And it's no longer I that lives, but it's Jesus that lives in me. And my old life is gone, and I have a brand new life with Jesus. If you're here today and say, Tim, I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Listen, we're all going to pray this prayer together. If you're watching online, I want you to pray this prayer, whether you're in your office, whether you're in your car, in your living room, in your kitchen, wherever it might be. You, you might be sitting at Panera down the road. Go ahead and pray this prayer with us this morning. I want everybody to pray this prayer. I can promise you this prayer will not damage a soul. But this morning, if you know you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you mean this inside. And you declare it out loud. You don't have to say it word for word, but you need to mean it and you need to declare it out loud. All right? Everybody pray this prayer with me this morning. Come on, say Jesus. Oh, come on, say it this morning. Say Jesus. I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, I am forgiven. I am free. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give God a big shout in this house this morning. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you needed to come back to, I don't know where you were, but I know where you are right now. And you say, Tim, I was out, but now I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I, I want to, from this day on, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to allow Jesus to tell me who I am, not allow the labels of this world. You're no longer the addict. You're no longer the, the druggie. You're no longer the divorced one. You're no longer the sick one. You're no longer the one that had a disease or has, has been failed. You're no longer the liar. You are now an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are now a son and a daughter of Jesus. If you're here today and say, Tim, I just made that decision for the first time. I was out, and now I'm in. We want to celebrate with you.
It's real simple. You can go to fvchurch.com backslash I am in. Let us know. Let us know you just made that decision. In fact, if you're online, you can go to that website. But if you're here live, this was so much fun. If you just made that decision, we want to celebrate with you. I'm not going to have you come sing the Star Spangled Banner or anything like that. I'm simply going to count to three and ask you to raise your hand right where you are because we want to celebrate. This is not a funeral. This is a resurrection in Jesus' name. If you just made that decision and say, Tim, you know what? Today, I am deciding to follow Jesus. When I say three, shoot your hand up right where you are. One, two, come on. If it's you, lift your hand high right now. Three, come on. Is there anybody? We'll wait. I see you back there, sir. Holler. Oh, come on. Give God a big shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. Give God a big shout in this house. Listen, if you just raised your hand, but even if you didn't and you wish you did, there's a young lady standing over here. Make sure you see her before you're on your way out. She'd love to bless you, give you something. Make sure you go to that website. If you can't come forward, we'd love to connect with you. I'm going to pray with you. Pastor Jason's going to come and give us some instruction on where we're going. Listen, after things are done and over with, if you need prayer, I'll be off to the side and pray with you. I'll put a little mask on or whatever you want, whatever you need. Listen, I don't care what I got to do to get to people. How about you? Whatever I have to do that doesn't compromise God's word so that I can reach more people for the calling of Jesus Christ, you know what? I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face, whether it's covered with a mask or not. Let's stop allowing petty things keeping us from the things of God. Amen? I'm going to believe favor on your life today. I'm going to believe there's an uprising in your life today. I'm going to believe that you're going to get promotions. I believe that your sickness is over with. I believe that that relationships are being restored. I believe that arthritis is defeated today. I believe that cancer will vanish in Jesus' name. You know, one of the craziest things, we just got a praise report back a little bit ago from a lady that had on a pancreatic something, right? A growth on her pancreas, right? Remember that, right? It was on her pancreas, right? And I remember as I was, I was praying in a service, it was I was Harrisburg. Well, I was up in Harrisburg. And um, just had this moment where I felt like somebody had something. I don't, it's weird. I know it sounds weird, but it's like somebody has something going on with their pancreas. That's weird, right? That's, that's weird, Jay. That's weird, dude. Yeah, that's almost as weird as telling you I'm an eerie when I was in the parking lot. And this lady comes forward, beautiful lady that of her faith. She just loved the Lord, but was new, kind of like the whole Pentecostal, outward, exuberant service. In fact, she was a Catholic, practicing Catholic, you know. It's like, hey, old girl, what's going on? No. Some of you will laugh later on about that and you'll get it. And I said, so she came forward and began to pray with her as, as I spoke that. And she gets, sends us an email. It's about a month later, sends us an email that crazy thing happened. These blood vessels and things that were somehow around her pancreas went in and started to grow around the growth. And somehow those blood vessels literally strangled the growth around that. That is wild, man. I don't know how that happens. But and she doesn't have to have surgery, nothing. It's all done and over with. Listen, that's the kind of stuff my God does. Men may be cast down, but today I declare there is a lifting up in Jesus' name. Some of us, we've heard reports from doctors or lawyers or professionals. And you know, it's what, this is the craziest thing when I go through. I know I keep talking. Just I got the mic, so you're going to deal with it for a few more seconds. You know, we're going through this pandemic, and they always say, nothing like this has ever happened before, right? And they compare it back to like 1918 or something, whatever. You know, and they're like, no, no, nothing like this has ever happened before. 
You ever wondered how somebody can be an expert on something that's never happened? Huh? There's so many experts on something that has never happened. Even, you know, I know whose report I'm going to believe. I'm not living in ignorance, I'm living in faith. I'm not denying what I'm going through. In fact, I acknowledge what I'm going through. It's just that I acknowledge God over what I'm going through. Amen. I'm going to speak favor over you. PJ's going to come and give us some instruction on what we're going to finish out with. Love you. Thank you for having me today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. The presence of God is in this room right now. You do not miss this moment. We get in such a rush sometimes. When we don't have three other services to do today, just give God a moment. Thank you, Lord. Today, the back of depression is broken out of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. The uncertainty of a diagnosis pales in comparison to the certainty of the report of Jesus. Tumors that were sticking out of your body are disappearing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray for strength to come back into legs right now in Jesus' name. Migraine headaches are defeated right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare healing and favor over your life. God, I thank you that you are for us. I thank you, God, that you bless us. I thank you, God, that your favor shines upon us today. God, I pray today that the people of God would arise. Lord, I pray that the redeemed of the Lord would say so. God, I thank you today. God, may your praise continually be in my mouth. May my soul boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fear. Those who turn to him are radiant. Their faces are covered with joy. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn towards you and give you peace and grace. In the power, in the name of Jesus Christ, men may be cast down, but today I declare there is a lifting up in the name of Jesus Christ. You are an overcomer. You are on the victory side in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, if you believe that today, give God a big shout in this house. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Thank you, Tim. I wanna, I wanna do things a little bit differently than we had planned. Um, 
And I want to share something I think I've shared before, and I'm sure I'll share again. I was in Tanzania, and on missions trips, things tend to be very rushed because we're working as hard as we can to reach as many people as we can. So we're rushing and we're rushing and we're rushing and we're rushing. And it gets to the end of the altar call. And we're about to go into a time of healing, prayer, and worship. And I'm, I'm, I run up to our leader and I go, okay, I'm gonna go find us our next evangelism site. I'm gonna run off, I'll be back. And, and I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna do this. And he looks at me and kind of rebukes me. And he says, we don't rush now. You can rush as much as you want when this is done and I don't wanna rush now. But I also wanna respect your time and our kids' workers. So we're gonna do both right now, okay? What I wanna do is create a time and a place for prayer and worship for those who are ready, for those who are eager, for those who are in need. The team has prepared a song and I wanna sing it. And I wanna encourage you, if you're gonna remain in this place for praise and worship, and prayer, make your way forward. Find some space here. And, and if there's some obligation beyond reason, some life and death situation you gotta make your way to, you can feel free to leave. But before we go, I do wanna pray as one people. I wanna pray with those of us joining online who, who won't be able to be here at this altar but can kneel in prayer with God. As we go from here, the, the ushers will be available in the back to receive your connection cards and your gifts. And remember, if, if you wanna bless Tim Bennett for his ministry this morning, you can just give to FE Missions and all of that will go right to him and we'll process that later. But, but let's not lose sight of this moment. So I'm gonna pray. That'll be our official close. And then the team's gonna lead us in this song and we're gonna be here at the front praying. We're gonna be here in the front worshiping. We're gonna be here in the front pursuing. So if you got a question for Tim, if you need to speak with Suzanne over at I'm In because you made a decision to follow Jesus, that will be the time for you to do that. And don't forget the ushers will be in the back. But let's pray. Let's seal this work. Let's thank our God together before we move forward. Heavenly Father, you are great. You are good. You are glorious. We are so grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit, for the word that was delivered, for this challenging yet encouraging, for this comforting yet calling out word that Tim has delivered to us. I pray that nothing would separate us from the love of Jesus Christ, not politics, not, not, not popularity, not confusion, not chaos. Nothing would separate us from the love of Christ, but we would take the time necessary to lean in and learn how to love, that we would grab hold of that gift of faith, that we would confirm our faith by our actions, that these next moments here at this altar would be freeing for so many who are following you. We thank you, we bless you, and we praise you as we sing and as we close. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to thank you for being here. We're going to continue in praise and worship, but thank you for joining us this morning. Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet Caught up in this holy moment Never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings. 
Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet Caught up in this holy moment Never want to Nothing 
feel like for some there is a, a significant healing going on that, that can't be measured by medicine a soul healing I don't, I don't think there's a I don't think it's a coincidence the first thing Tim declared was, was healing of depression I think right now souls are, are, are being mended you know you can care for your soul that your soul can, can feel pain and anguish corruption and there's only one physician that can heal that and I think he's doing it right now Jesus 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 speak through silence to our souls our spirits our senses Right now, if you're experiencing one of the, the fruit of the Spirit, they're, they're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. If you're experiencing, if you're feeling that, that comes from Him. That's Him speaking. You might not be hearing audible words. You might be experiencing feelings in your heart, in your soul. It might be a new form of communication for you, one you've closed yourself off to but he is speaking. Listen. Just one more minute.
Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the silence. Thank you for the releasing of your presence, for the encountering we've had here. Thank you for the ability. And I thank you for the, the blessings we get to give to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you just thank God this morning in whatever way you need to? Um, just a reminder, if you made a decision, would you let Suzanne know? Let her know that you made a decision for I'm in so she can offer you that gift. We have baptism next week, so if you made a decision, you can be baptized. We'd love to tell you all about that. And don't forget the ushers are in the back for your connection cards, your offering. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. See you next week.